episode of Chill Out Mama. This week, we're going to be talking about keeping up with the Joneses, Jenkins, and Jacksons. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the title. It makes me giggle. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure y'all know what we're talking about. The phrase is actually keeping up with the Joneses. And it's basically talking about feeling pressure um, to achieve a certain level or have certain status in comparison to the Joneses, which could be a neighbor, it could be friends, and that can cause anxiety or a feeling, even deeper than that, a feeling of like not being good enough or feeling like you have to put extra pressure on yourself and or your spouse or your children to be at someone else's level or above. So we just wanted to kind of talk about that and our experience with it and maybe give y'all some tips on how to relieve yourself of that pressure. Cause that's not a fun way to live. Mm-mm. So not what has been, have, what's been your experience with the idea of keeping up with the Joneses? You know, as you were talking about it, one thing for me for sure is education. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I have to be educated. I feel like the boys have to be educated. Um, And they started, I taught them to learn probably earlier than they needed to be taught. Um, But that's just because I think about having black boys in America, Mm -hmm. which is always a thing for me and how I want them to have the edge Mm -hmm. over their peers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, that kind of touches on something we talked about in one of the previous episodes, too, where even with us being told that we had two strikes against us, so we feel like we have to right. work harder, and then even seeing in our children, even if we don't tell them that, we still kind of have that feeling that you have to be better in order to be equal, you know, in this world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I actually remember yeah. in our um, premarital counseling Um, or a premarital class, it wasn't a class. The couple, they had been married, I think maybe 20 years, and they said, it's important to have other married couple friends, but there will be a time where you'll notice a bit of a conflict or competition with certain couples. It's just kind of the Mm -hmm. natural progression, especially as you get up in your years of marriage. And we have definitely, definitely seen that, even if they're new friends or associates, if we've been married, maybe around the same amount of time, there seems to be this comparison. What do you have at 10 years? And how are your kids doing? And what have you bought? And it's uncomfortable for me to be around people that it seems like that's so much of a focus of the, the friendship or the conversation is just constantly comparing our lives when I just want to be friends and support each other. Right, right. Because I truly, I'm like you, and we've had this conversation before. And I remember thinking about that when you learned that, you shared that with me. And I was like, wow, that's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. And you don't hope to experience those things. But like you said, it happens naturally. And sometimes you can see it happening, like when people get engaged. Yes. When they're looking for like big diamonds or big extravagant gifts or trips. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what it's about for me. My view on friendship is you have joy with them. You celebrate them. And I am a crier. <laughs> I get excited and I cry. So when good things happen, I cry. And when then sad things happen, I cry at that too. But it's a different cry. Um, so that's what I believe friendship should be. We should 
cheer each other along and be happy for each other. But the comparison trap is no bueno. No, no. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. Because I can remember yes. being, um, I, I think of my group of friends, I was one of the first ones to have children. So I didn't have a lot of people around me, you know, like a, a physical circle of people around me. And I did things a certain way. Like I stayed at home. I was very focused on my kids. And I can remember another of my friends, she had had a child maybe a year before or after me. I don't remember. But she would say, every time I look at your, your stuff on Facebook, it just makes me feel bad about myself. Yeah. And I was like, you, do you realize how I'm struggling over here? Instead of calling me to say that my highlights that I decide to share with the world make you feel bad about yourself, you could have called to check on me. I do have two yeah. babies over here. Or so it was just that was the first time I had experienced it. I would say, yeah, I'd experienced it at all, being com being the person that someone was comparing themselves to. And I'd almost felt like I was being blamed for them feeling like a bad parent. It was it's just yeah. odd. <laughs> it's a really odd But that's their stuff. That's their stuff. <laughs> and you know, you have to remind you because it's icky. It feels icky. So when it happens, you have to say that is their stuff. That has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And I would, my response would always be like, well, I'm just doing the best I can. <laughs> I'm right, like, right. You got one picture of me taking them somewhere or doing this activity. And I, I had another 24 hours of parenting, you know, and I decided to share that moment of joy. Um, mm -hmm. So that, yeah, that's one of the first times that I kind of experienced that. And I've had, I've had other moms. Um, I just recently talked to another friend of mine and she's a stay-at-home mom. There's this thing about Black stay-at-home moms. Yeah. We're like unicorns, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially to other Black women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to Black people in black general. People. Sometimes white people too, they look at us like, you're home, you don't work. <laughs> right. But man, like you're not the nanny? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, yeah, when, as that experience of being a black stay-at-home mom was, yeah, being questioned a lot. Like, so what do you, you don't work? What do you do all day? Why don't you want your child in daycare? Um, and then, well, it must be, it must feel good. Or, oh, your husband takes care of, you know, like, there's a lot of sacrifices that go into being a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, yep. And we work hard, not knocking moms who work, but we work hard. It's a lot to stay at home yeah. with these children. <laughs> it's a lot to stay at home. It's a lot to work and still come home and be the main parent. It's a lot all around. And I think that's what we're getting at is instead of comparing, like this definitely happens with mothers that make different choices in general, breastfeeding mom versus bottle mom. Homemade yeah. food versus, you know, store-bought food, stay-at-home versus, it doesn't always have to be versus each other. We could just say yeah. that she's doing the best she can for her family, and that works for her. In any way I can support her, let me do that. But it's mm -hmm. like we're not secure in our own decisions. I, like you just said, it's a really, when you feel jealous or envious, it's your stuff, and you got to check what that is. Right. Which is normally jealousy or envy. Or, feel, we'll or you feel like you really aren't doing a good job at what you're doing. Like, I think my friend, 
maybe was struggling with motherhood and I somehow made it appear easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess. Girl, claim that it was easy. Uh, that would be a lie. <laughs> and we're laughing because it's not easy. No. And each mom has their own struggles. And we know that. Like, if with any mom or or per or a person that's married that says marriage is easy or it says uh having a career is easy any part of life that's just easy you're not working that hard at it or you're not really trying to do your best at it because anything you have to put effort into is not going to be easy so i know that what i'm doing isn't easy what you're doing as a mom isn't easy but when i see you know andrew reading on facebook i'm not gonna be like oh Morgan wasn't reading at that age. I'm terrible. Right. Right. It didn't even come to my mind to compare it. I'm just like, oh, I love that. And I love seeing them happy. I love seeing this Mm -hmm. moment. I don't know what happened right before that or right after it, but I love seeing that moment. So (laughs) you know what happened before and after. (laughs) Andrew was being Andrew. But that's what we're like, look beyond the moment. That's why moms share that stuff because we're like, oh, this is so good. I need everybody to see this. (laughs) And I Mm want to remember this moment because I know in 15 minutes it could all blow up. Yeah. And I don't want to take a picture of that. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, in all honesty, our social media media exists because we have grandparents all over the world, literally. Yeah. and it's just easier yes if i didn't have that we wouldn't be on there yeah. z posted three times this year <laughs> <laughs> and expects me to post all the time so yeah <laughs> yeah that's how family would even know what morgan and kendall look like sometimes you know just by mm-hmm. what i you know what i post on there so i know we're kind of we're in this introduction we're just trying to give you a, a taste of why we think this is important and comparison, what's that quote? Comparison is the theft of joy. Yeah. It steals the joy from your own life because you end up feeling not good enough compared to, there's always somebody to compare your life to. Mm-hmm. Just in that moment where you feel like you won in the comparison game, somebody else will come up and they got one more thing that's better than yours. And it steals yeah. the joy of your life, but it also steals the joy of your friendship or like being happy for other people. You took the words right out of my mouth. Well, I'm gonna put them back in there. You talk more. <laughs> and I was also gonna say it's still the joy of missing out on a relationship. Mm, yes. Because we we believe strongly iron sharp, sharpens iron. And so we're in this together. Crystal goes through things and she shares with me. I go through things I share with her and it helps us as human beings because we're transparent with each other yes and Sabrina has done things before me I've done things before her and it's just if I really want to know how she did it then I ask her instead of sitting back thinking about well she thinks she's better than me or her and Z are you know surpassing me and Kevin or vice versa I praise with her I rejoice with her and say well how did y'all do it or I'm believing that if God did it for you then he can do it for us Yes, that's the most important thing right there. When people around you are succeeding, that means you're around the right people. Right. Come on with that word. (laughs) 
Do you, do you really <laughs> want to be the most successful person in your group? No. Because we hear about celebrities and what happens. They move their whole family into the mansion. Yeah. Now you got to carry and everybody. Then they have, yep. And then they have financial struggles because everyone expects them to always be taking care of them. No. Absolutely not. No. I, I have to always keep people around me that are same level trying to excel people that are way beyond me because I mean like I said who you're connected to is a reflection of you as well Mm -hmm. so I have no problem with being friends with very wealthy people (laughs) right (laughs) show me how you made that I have no problem going to their their housewarming I have no problem going to their big house and enjoying it because yeah. I will claim a room in that house. This is my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem yeah. with that. Because I know yeah. they'll also be happy for me. And they're not looking down on me. They value me just as much. Mm-hmm. So we had a really great article that talks about this. It's in um, Psychology Today. And maybe we'll put a link to it on one of our social media pages. Um, But it's just going to kind of give us a framework of having this discussion and we'll talk about our experience in each one of these areas. So this is a list of triggers that people have of feeling envy or jealousy in their relationships. So it could be, as we said, like one-on-one relationships. It could be relationships between two couples. It could be within your family. Sometimes that happens too. Um, There's jealousy in family. So the first one is money. Yeah. And money um, is a big deal for a lot of people because either you're making it or you're not making it. But people, um, some people don't, in our culture, you know, there's not really financial literacy. Yeah. And so making and earning and saving aren't things that we were taught Mm -hmm. a whole lot. And so people compare and money looks like houses, Mm -hmm. cars, trips. Yeah. Um, clothing, material things. They're all material things. Yeah, because money is access to that. So I would say like, you don't even have to necessarily know how much someone is making, but you're really looking at what they have. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody that just walks around telling people how much they're making, but you see what they're buying, you see how their lifestyle is changing, or you might see the company they're working at or um, they got a promotion, so you know that things are getting better, or you know they're making more money. Um, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that that um, our teacher was telling us. Like, if you start out, you know, you're young and married. A lot of times, you're not making a whole lot of money, or just kind of getting situated. And then by the ten, probably by the seven to ten year mark, you might have really made some moves financially. And other people may not have. And then that can be a point of contention. Yeah. Because one person moves out of that neighborhood and maybe buys a house or buys a bigger house. And then there's this direct comparison of success in the form of money. Right. So how do you... So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So we, full transparency, we were broke when we got married. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> broke broke z was laid off from his job and he was he had just found a job like a few months before we got married i was working prn at the hospital still working towards getting full licensure um 
we were broke. We had to make the choice of having like a DIY wedding versus having an elaborate wedding, but not being able to afford to bring Z's parents over from Zimbabwe. Mm. We chose his parents, of course, because we wanted them there. Um, but we had the best time at our wedding. Mm-hmm. My stepmom cooked some food. I called my mom too. Um, and then my Z's aunt cooked some traditional Zimbabwean food and we danced to a mixture of music. I had the dress that I loved. Um, my wedding band we bought at Target because that's where we were. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing for me is that I was marrying Z. Mm-hmm. That's what mattered. None of the other stuff mattered. Mm-hmm. And you had to talk me off the ledge because I wanted to elope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we didn't have the money. And I was like, why are we spending this money for other people to enjoy? And we don't have the money. So you make, yeah, you still, but you still have the experience, but it didn't have to be what everybody else thought right. it needed to be. Those should Right. Yeah. It should your wedding yeah. should cost this amount, or if you're gonna do a wedding, you really gotta do it up. It needs to be expensive. No, that's not the truth. <laughs> so you find a way to do have the experience that you want to have within your budget. Yeah, and don't compare yeah. because around that time, you know, there were several of us that were having weddings, and it's very easy to. Especially, I mean, like they were happening like back to back, right? Like one year yeah, after another. Yeah. Sometimes, like I remember the year I got married, I think might have been four or five within that summer, spring and summer. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy going from one wedding to another. Oh, look at this one. And I want mine to look like that. But if you just, again, stay in your lane, this is about me yeah. and the man that I want to marry. And it's not about how much I'm spending. Because guess what? At all of those weddings, something went wrong. Yep. Everybody was for sure, <laughs> and it was significant too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> something didn't work out, dress got ruined. We know whatever it is, something yes. went wrong. But the, so yep. the most important thing was, you know, actually getting married. So I think that's a great example of maybe where there could be some pressure to go beyond your means to meet expectations of others, or when you compare what you think something should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And when you start out that way, like I think most of us kind of started out with, you know, we just kind of making it <laughs> in this yeah. thing together. Yeah. And then you start progressing, you know, move on to like when you guys moved and, you know, you did have, we got the, the better job and mm-hmm. then things start yeah. changing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, but we struggled and we, stuck to each other we cling to each other we believe that marriage you leave and you cling and so we left a lot of the the drama and the comparison because we didn't compare to but who has the energy for it a lot of people do (laughs) we're trying to keep it together over here with our same menu yeah before we even had kids and it was just it was a lot but we made it we managed z is very good with money so he learned those things which which you were just it just kind of made me think about sometimes when you're i guess when when we were maybe the ones that weren't doing so well someone else is comparing you to another couple Mm -hmm. whether it be it could be a parent 
It could be another family member, a friend. Um, you know, they're doing this over there and you're not. And so you have the option to take that on or you could say, well, we're doing what we're doing over here and God is good and we'll be fine, yeah. you know? Um, so other people on the outside could also try to bring you into a comparison trap. And you mm-hmm. got to try to resist that. Yeah, for sure. But when you guys, you know, when you were moving to Texas and Z got the job and all that, did you find any of your relationships change? They did a little bit, but they were already kind of shifting. Okay. Because we had just, we had been married. We were at the five-year mark when we moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had had Simon at that time. So that was another shift. Mm -hmm. So yeah, things shifted a bit. And then we moved back here. There was another shift because this was a, a, another bigger move. Mm -hmm. So, but still we're maintaining who we are staying in our lane and we make moves and we don't talk to a whole lot of people about Mm -hmm. them. And that's another people see and make judgments. (laughs) Yep. Yep. But we don't do it for that, but we're not boastful people. Mm -hmm. You don't even, you don't even have to be. And I think sometimes that can sometimes cause people to feel a little uncomfortable that it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to be a big deal to you. Yeah. When you have the thing that I want. Mm. That's true. I can remember that happening in, it might've been in high school. This girl, she just could not stand me. And I couldn't understand why. We eventually did become friends because that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> they can't resist because I'm nice, right? So <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have any reason to dislike me, really. <laughs> but we talked about it and she said it was because like I really was not interested in boys very much at all in school. So, mm-hmm. but they were interested in me and she didn't, she didn't understand why she wanted attention and wasn't getting it. And I was getting it and didn't want it. So that made her dislike me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm just bringing that up to adult years where you have a house or you have children and you have a husband and I want that. And it seems like it's not that big of a deal to you. And that could trigger something mm-hmm. in me. Again, that's my stuff but it's kind of the same issue. Mm -hmm. Yep. But having like, as you get these things, it's not all glamorous. It is not because it's usually more work. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had, remember we had command hooks up for curtains. (laughs) (laughs) We just put curtains in that room almost a year later. Oh, yeah, but that's with everything. There's always a backstory. All you're saying is yeah. the, the part in the front that looks good, but you don't know what it takes to maintain. And so uh, we went to we went um, to a college friend's house. We hadn't you know been around them in a long time. Beautiful home, like very impressive. You know, both of them work mm-hmm. very good jobs, three beautiful kids, all that. And there were some other people there that basically in that same tax bracket that we are not in. So mm-hmm. we're still, open, we're open, like I said, we're open to hanging out with pretty much anybody. You know, you know, you love your family, you love God, all that. So, right. but I just noticed the conversation was so superficial and materialistic. Mm. 
So it was like the neighborhood they were living in, the private school they were sending their kids to. And I'm over here talking about, like I was trying to have conversation with these other moms and we just really were not on the same page. They just wanted to send their child to the school because of the name and how much it costs. And I'm like, well, what's the, you know, I'm talking about the curriculum and what is right. the, <laughs> what's the diversity? And I mean, most of these were very well-to-do black people, but they were sending their children to all white schools because of the prestige of it. And I have my yeah. own feelings about when we do that to our kids. Yeah. But it's to their detriment in some respects. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can't, I couldn't really have that deeper conversation with them or it was like, we just redid our basement and we did this and that. And so Kevin and I left, we were just kind of sitting in the car after, and we both admitted that when we walk in, cause they were our age and they're living in maybe like a $700,000 house, something like that. I was like, I had a moment of, man, maybe we're not doing enough. If they could live like this at 38 or 37, and this is their third house and all that. But then we were also like, but how how hard do they have to work to keep this up? Yeah. Or like yep. how many hours do their kids spend in daycare or aftercare? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. like, it seemed like so many of their relationships were based on like really superficial, a superficial basis. Or I had this house, what does your house look like? And we're like, I'm good with our life right now. We want more and we're going to work for that, but it doesn't mean we're less than. So we went through that whole process in the car (laughs) after spending time with them. But that's just that comparison of, I think of money because they obviously have more money, had more money than us. Mm -hmm. Or you honestly don't know. They might not, but some people buy the houses that are way beyond their means. This is true as well. It's like when you go to someone's house and they have no furniture. Yes. So, they have that. And they've been living there for 15 years. <laughs> They're not waiting for it to be delivered. That's just no friendship. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So the next one is um, relationship status. We've kind of touched on this a little bit when we talked about like getting engaged. Mm-hmm. So did you find that anything changed when you got engaged in some of your friendships? Um... No, because we were all there together. All my, I keep a very small circle of friends Mm -hmm. because, yeah, I don't like a whole lot of superficial. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was we were all right there together, getting engaged and getting married, so that didn't change. But you know, I've as I've gotten older, some of my friendships have gotten deeper, and some kind of remained shallow. Mm. And I noticed that the issue with the shallow friendships like seeing my other friendships kind of blossom oh yeah say more about that so um I have a girlfriend who um we were close very close for a time period but then and sometimes you get together with all your friends and so we were getting together with quite a bit of Mm -hmm. friends but I feel like this one particular friend was jealous of another friend because I'm very close to this one friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we talk about life. And it's not just about, like you were saying, finances or this is what I'm doing or this is my salary. Or, mm-hmm. And that to me is, is great. I'm happy for you. 
but it's braggadocious. Right, right. And it's not contributing anything to this conversation or my growth or your growth, or it's not enhancing this experience. So, yeah. So you think one friend was jealous of the depth of your friendship with another? Yes, very much so. So why didn't she just get deeper with you? I don't know that everybody wants to do that. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Priorities. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The priorities yep. of, of the friendship. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean, we're very similar in that way of kind of keeping a small circle, you know, um, especially at that point in my life. So as you said, a lot of us were, you got engaged the year I got married, so then got married the next year. So, you know, mm-hmm. it was, we were all, it was all kind of happening around the same two or three years. So everyone was transitioning. So there really was no reason for anyone to be envious or or jealous of anything and I just don't keep those Mm -hmm. kind of people around me for the most part right but I can see how that happens especially with women I don't know that that would happen with men very much but I can definitely see how friendships could change as we'll say maybe if there's a longer period of time in between engagement or like Mm -hmm. you're the last single friend and you really want to be married I can see how that could possibly cause maybe some distance in the friendship but I can't say that I I haven't personally had that experience right me neither yeah but it could be that just it's disappointment that it isn't happening in your life it doesn't necessarily have to be envy but for some people I'm sure it is Mm -hmm. that's also a dangerous person to keep around you and your marriage It reminds me of that that movie, 27 Dresses. I love that yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. But she struggled so much with not being married that she did, she devoted her life to other people's weddings, which was a bit much. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, the next one is fertility and children. And this says this is typical, more common, like in 30s and maybe even 40s, especially with women, um, either getting pregnant or having fertility, getting pregnant and comp- wanting to have another woman, maybe wanting to have a child and having some fertility issues. Mm-hmm. So I guess in comparing with comparing fertility, that's yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Because that's not even something that you know is an issue until you know it's an issue. Right. That's true. Until you're trying. Right. So I know you've talked about having some fertility issues initially. Mm -hmm. And I remember you saying in some ways you just kind of drew, you and Z drew in, you know, together and you kind of backed away from any other outside friendships. What was, why did you make that decision? Because we... We're trying, well, I had PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I didn't, we didn't know that I couldn't get pregnant right away until we were trying. And so it took two years for us to get pregnant, but we were really involved at our church at the time. And we were all in with God. Um, We were praying the will of God in our lives. So, um, and we trusted God with that too. So we had a good OBGYN that we loved. And so we were just going through the motions with her, but we knew that intimacy in our relationship was our business. Mm -hmm. 
And so we just pulled closer to each other. So we didn't do a whole lot of talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me in the end because I really wanted to be a mom. Like that was one of the things I sought to mm-hmm. do that was very important to me. Um, and I wasn't jealous or envious of other people getting pregnant, but I just knew that that was hard not being able to become a mom. Right. So Z and I would talk about it and I would tell him, please respond to people when they ask, because I, Z has a way of saying things nicer than me. (laughs) (laughs) He is the nicest person I know, seriously. Um, And so he would tell them, like sarcastically, people say, well, why aren't y'all getting pregnant? And Z would say, because you haven't committed to coming over at two in the morning to change diapers. You better say it, Z. Let me just go back to the people being all in your uterus like that. Yeah. Why are you asking me? I just, I can't stand that. Oh. Yeah. 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 And you know, I am, some things I'm very private about. And that was one thing. Like, I felt like I didn't even want to post sonogram pictures because that was a picture of my uterus. (laughs) (laughs) So I never posted like the ultrasound pictures publicly. Is that weird? That's weird, yes. isn't it? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the truth. Yes. <laughs> so I never did. <laughs> but yeah, it's special. I'm special in hey, some regards. Embrace it. Yes, I'm proud of that. <laughs> Those provocative yeah. uterus pictures. Yes, honey. Yes, get out of my uterus, metaphorically and literally. Yes, get up out of my uterus. Oh. But yeah, a lot of women struggle with fertility. I wish I had those statistics, but it's it's real and it's it's a hard thing to go through. Um, and you know, I haven't, I didn't have that issue, so I'm I'm asking questions and from something that you mm-hmm. have already shared with me, and I know other other women that have struggled with it. And one of the words that comes up a lot is just lonely. That mm-hmm. what do you what it what, did you have that experience or do you understand why some Maybe because you eventually got pregnant. Yeah. I never did IVF or any of those methods. I was, this is true story. We went to a prayer night at church and this, I was working at the church at that time, part-time as well. And one minister was there and she was praying over someone and said that she would get pregnant by the next time she came back. She would come back annually. And I was like, God, that word was for me. Mm. And so I accepted it. And so we, that was November. And then we fasted in January from everything like social media, TV. And so Z and I had a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. We got pregnant on a fast. So that's all God. Mm -hmm. Like, and I take everything to God because I know that he answers prayers. Mm -hmm. And so Simon is a prayer. He's a prayer that was answered. Mm -hmm. So um, I can understand why it would be lonely. Like if you're doing IVF treatments, the shots and the doctor's visits and the precision and you, it's very regimented. Was it something that you felt like that? Cause I remember, I remember you telling me that the, the PCOS, you know, was an issue. And I mean, I think you had even considered they were talking about doing like drilling or something like that yeah. in your ovaries. Yeah. And- ovarian drilling they did talk about that but there's someone told me that's not what it is like that's the technical term for it but it's not as graphic as it sounds 
Um, but yes, we did consider doing that. But then I went for the pre-op and I told the doctor I wasn't comfortable with it. And so um, we canceled that appointment. That was for November as well. We canceled that. Yeah. And it just happened because I believed that it would happen. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, we were at the point though, where if nothing happened by January, we would have had to seek additional medical services because we didn't know medical interventions right we didn't know so maybe so. it's possible and i think we should probably do a show on this i think yeah i yeah. think we should do an episode on this but maybe yeah. some of the loneliness comes from just how long the struggle is mm -hmm. and you know as you said maybe some people are going through it without maybe a, a foundation of faith and truly you know yeah. believing that it's going to happen but i know plenty of people you know, in church and faith and, you know, it hasn't happened. They might, maybe they end up, you know, adopting things like that. But I can, I just remember hearing some people saying because they didn't necessarily want to share it with anyone. So that was my yeah. point in saying, I remember you telling me and you were probably, you know, maybe a short list of other people that you told about it. But if you feel like mm -hmm. you have to keep it a secret because there's some sense of shame around it, then right. I could see why that would be lonely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it also depends on what you're doing in the meantime, like faith without works, like you keep living, right. like we didn't stop living to have Simon, right. we kept living. And then Andrew came like Andrew came. So, yeah. 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 We're we, we need to talk more about that because I think there are a lot of women, I'm, I believe that maybe are going through that silently and like we were, mm -hmm. we're just talking about the loneliness or being anxious about, you know, when am I going to be able to even try to see if I can have children? It was like we just said, you yeah. don't even know it's an issue until you start trying. Yep. So. And you remember what I did in the meantime, now that I'm thinking about it, I planned that first year birthday party. Mm -hmm. And did the, I did the registry before I got pregnant, which is silly, but that was my faith walk. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. yeah. And then when I got pregnant, I planned his birthday party. It gave me something to do so I wouldn't be so anxious during the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And you know, something else with this fertility issues is our miscarriages. Yes. I've never personally experienced one, but I know yeah. that that is very lonely for women because they don't talk about, they don't share that with a lot of people because- that's a big loss yes especially multiple mm -hmm. yes yeah yep yeah we, so yeah we got to cover this definitely because all that falls under fertility stuff yeah and even if you end up being able to bring a beautiful baby into the world I still think that affects you having gone through the experience whether it's yeah. either miscarriage or you know spending I mean I I know I have an aunt and uncle. They tried for 10 years mm. to have a child. And they did. They finally had. But, you know, I'm sure there's some positive that comes from it, you know, in your relationship. It brings you closer together, all of that. But it isn't. It's a unique experience. But it probably mm. isn't as unique as we think it is. No, I don't think so. But I know at least within our community, we don't talk about it very much. Mm-mm. No, we don't. But there's a lot of us that have those particular issues. We just don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next two we're going to put together, and that's physical attractiveness and weight. Yeah. When do we not <laughs> compare ourselves? <laughs> right. <laughs> when is this not an issue, especially for women? 
Maybe me yeah. too. I don't know. Maybe we need to have the, the husbands tell us about this too. But yeah. And as we're getting older, um, dealing with your own, I guess, self-image and then seeing how some people age differently. How about we say it like that? People age yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. And some people later on, maybe they started out maybe uh, larger and then they put a lot of effort into it and lost a lot of weight. And you haven't, you still haven't lost the weight from your 13 year old child. So, yeah. So. <laughs> What's the joke? <laughs> this is probably not appropriate. But some people say that's baby fat. And the comedian said, no, that's just fat, babe. Right. <laughs> if your child is over five years old, you can no longer blame them. I'm giving them, that's pretty lenient. <laughs> that is very lenient. <laughs> it's probably not baby weight anymore but yeah. um yeah I, I just think in certain communities it's more I think it's uh, valued more than others yeah so that's why you end up seeing people having a lot of work done like on their face or their body now there's a lot of body work mm-hmm. happening um, because they don't want to age. And that's why I said it's pretty, it's really more of an internal issue that you don't like how you're aging. Yeah. And maybe there's it's someone true. else that you think is aging better, but it's really, you don't like it. So then you get work done or you compare yourself and feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. And think about stress and what that does to our bodies. Oh, yes. Like we are in a global pandemic right now. And so the stress of it is people are eating more mm-hmm. or eating less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and this can I think can also come up with if and this is terrible if a spouse does this, but don't compare your spouse to someone else's spouse. Oh no! Some people, I just want to put that out there. Right, <laughs> you did not marry Idris Elba, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and don't compare them to anybody, really, but definitely not somebody right. that you come into contact with. That's terrible. It feels terrible. It so, yes, yes, um, and even I think even doing that just in any of these areas if you're comparing your life to someone else's and you tell your spouse that I think that would be really hurtful yeah either way yeah from a man to a woman or a woman to a man I think that would be really hurtful so it's not Mm -hmm. only hurting you but it's like you don't appreciate the life that the two of you have together right so yeah that just kind of dropped on me there don't do that yeah yeah. Um, professional success, especially if you're in the same career. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's true. But you know, we all have our own, like we're both counselors mm-hmm. and we both, both have worked with the same populations. I was thinking about this the other day when we finished our last episode on anxiety in our children. And I was like, Crystal has this set of qualities and I have this set of qualities, but somewhere in the middle, they merge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's got her gifts. I got my gifts and we're working them together. Exactly. Just you or just me. The combination is even better, but mm-hmm. unfortunately it's really hard for people to, to see that if you're in a comparison mindset, and I have yeah. found that the generation, I'm technically considered a millennial. I think you're considered probably Generation X. Yes. I think we're a combination probably of both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again. 
I think the generation after us has a much more difficult because of social media being a part of their life, their entire life. Yeah. So like the clients that I see that are in like their mid twenties and younger, like the, the way they compare themselves constantly is exhausting to even hear. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think we have more, we're more grounded in like, I know my lane. Right. And even if I may feel like she's a little better than me in one place or another, if I have found my lane and know my purpose, then I'm just going to stay there. But they are, it never, nothing ever feels good enough to them. So they never feel good enough. So then that's why there's such high rates of, I mean, like depression, deep, deep, deep depression. Because they feel like they haven't done enough or they don't look good enough. Like literally everything on this list that we've talked about they can find somebody on social media. Like they don't even know that they compare themselves to. Wow. That's deep. Like we're talking about comparing people we know. (laughs) Yeah. We can go over their house or we can like look at them and look at their life. But they're saying like people they don't even know. Mm -hmm. They just happen to be the same age and they're a millionaire by coming up with this idea or being uh, an influencer or, you know, whatever it is. And so since I'm not doing that, I'm not good enough. Wow. Wow. It makes your mental health so fragile. Yeah. Anxiety, stress, depression, all of that. Like I had a a 19 year old and they were like, I need to, they had already moved out on their own. So my next thing was I need to buy a townhouse and then I need to buy a house that's at least $300,000. I need to start my business when making these things. Like there were like, it was like a, and this person was 19 years old. <laughs> it's like. With that much pressure. I was like, why do you have to do all of this? But, and this was in the next year. Uh-uh. And so why do you need a townhouse? <laughs> why do you need to start a business that makes this amount of money right now? Well, cause I saw this person and this person did it. And then I, like what do you want to do right because that's what they're doing right and that's what comparison does too it gets you off track like what what is what is your journey yeah so professional success definitely I think this probably would be some well just because we have the experience of like being okay being the stay-at-home mom where you kind of put your profession on hold Mm-hmm. This could this could come up. And I was even told that it felt like that it seemed like I was like wasting my degrees by staying at home. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, you didn't pay for them. So <laughs> right. don't worry about it. But I'm actually using quite a bit of my education at home, but I can always yes. go back to it, which I did. This is my priority right now. So sometimes it's going to be like we women many times, but sometimes men will put our professional development on hold when we start having a family where someone else doesn't make that, doesn't necessarily sacrifice that. And they end up being at a higher level, making more money. Mm -hmm. It happens. But we all sacrifice for different reasons. And that's what people don't see. We used to watch that show, Preachers of L.A., and one of the preachers would say all the time, you see the glory, but you don't know my story. Mm -hmm. 
Like you see the glory, but you don't know the story. Like why I sacrificed, not because we couldn't afford childcare or not because I didn't enjoy my job, but I stayed home because I wanted to be there. And had I not stayed home, where would my child with autism be today? Yep. Yep. So, And on the other side, you're envying my income, but you don't know how few hours I get to spend with my family. Yeah. Or how much I have to travel, or how many things I have yep. to miss out on to be able to give my family that big house or the brand yeah. new car. Yep. Because that's maybe where our priorities are right now. Or I just need to, or you don't know this bill that I need to pay off the tax bill mm-hmm. or the, you yep. know, or the medical bills that I just, you know, that I have to pay off and or we're trying to get out of debt, whatever it is, instead of judging it as better or worse than yours, maybe ask a question or mind your business. Yes, <laughs> just do that. Stay in your lane. <laughs> How about that? Just mind your business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so we kind of touched on social media, but that's definitely something that exacerbates comparison. Yeah, for sure. One thing I do is I just try not to follow people that would trigger that in me at all. Mm-hmm. I only follow people, one, that I actually care what's happening in their life. <laughs> so <laughs> if I care about you, I love you, I want to see that things are going well for you, then I want to see that kind of thing. But anybody that I feel like is, like you said, braggadocious or is pretending. Yep. People don't always post who they, people don't always appear who they post to be. Mm-hmm. P-O-S-T. They could be posting something that's not them. It could be a facade. Those pictures that you're seeing, that's not their house. They're at the hotel. They go to the lobby every day. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. That, I don't is, true. <laughs> that is not their car. <laughs> right. They went to they work at the dealership. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, like one thing I have noticed to me, I think there are people that if, if there's a lot of selfies, I'm like, I think that's actually a sign of loneliness. Yeah. I actually, and sometimes I have to kind of take a break from those people because it actually makes me feel kind of sad for them. Because mm-hmm. you're trying to put up a facade, like, you know, you love yourself so much and all that, but it's, but nobody's ever taking the picture of you. Yeah. Nobody else is ever in the picture. Yeah. And how many did you take to get the one? I remember going to a concert and there were some um, teenagers in front of me and they were like, that's not the one. We have to do it again. They spent about 15 minutes trying to capture one perfect picture of this concert. Wow. When I still don't know where my chance would be in a <laughs> selfie. <laughs> still. <laughs> and they're missing out on what? The actual experience. Yes. You missing that now? I'm a picture person. Do not don't misunderstand. I take right. pictures, but I also yes. want the I want it to capture the experience. So if it takes me too long to get a picture, then oh well, because I actually want to yeah. have fun too. So mm-hmm. I do get wanting to have memories of things, but yeah, the picture is not more important than the experience. But some, mm-hmm. I think in many ways in our society right now, it actually is like, did it even really happen if you don't have a picture of it? Yeah, yeah. I question you, <laughs> did it happen? <laughs> and you know, we have littles, so we take pictures so we can so we can show them later on Yeah, and share those stories. Cause right now, 
Simon is at the age where he's asking stories mm-hmm. yep. about his life when he was little. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun to do. Yeah. So just don't don't let the picture over override the importance of being in the moment as well. So got to be right. balance of both. Yeah, I think that was the last. Those so those was those were the triggers for envy in our friendships and other relationships. So, if you identified with any of those, hopefully we gave you maybe something to think about. But I think um, a huge thing is just admitting that if you have a problem with envy, mm-hmm. and it's not everybody else that's making you feel a certain way. Right. That's something within you. So admit that envy is a problem for you. And it is natural in certain ways, but if it's preventing you from enjoying your life, like we've talked about in all these other situations, something is an issue if it's preventing you from enjoying your life or doing certain things. That's something that you really need to address. It could be addressing certain relationships. Um, maybe there needs to be an adjustment made in those relationships. Maybe you need a break from that person or you need to talk to them about it. It could be an adjustment in how you see yourself mm-hmm. and what, what your priorities are in life. Yeah, because if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, the Jenkins and the Jacksons, all of them mm-hmm. all together, yeah. you're focused on the wrong thing. Shift your focus to you and your family. And what if they're trying to keep up with each other too? Yeah. Then we're in a rat race <laughs> where nobody wins. <laughs> right. Because y'all ain't doing nothing. It's like crabs in the barrel. <sighs> it's just exhausting. Pulling even each other about down. It. <laughs> yeah. It is very exhausting. It's exhausting even talking about it. Because it's it's an, it takes enough effort to just live your life to the best mm-hmm. of your ability. Yep. And to do the yep. best you can. Then to bring someone else's priorities and values into it and muddy up the water yeah so one thing I saw in one of these articles was that happiness looks different for everyone yes define your happy what is your Mm -hmm. yeah that's good and so if it is a if it is buying a house okay that's fine but it doesn't have to look like anybody else's define what kind of house you want yeah. If it's a car, great. Maybe you want an electric car or maybe you want, it could be maybe your first car is a used car. That's fine. But define what mm-hmm. happy is for you. If it's being, if it's being single, just because everybody else in your circle is married doesn't mean you have to want to be married Yeah. or have kids or anything. Get out of, don't should on yourself and define yeah. your own happy. Yeah. And do something in the meantime that makes you happy. Yes. And um, my last thing, I guess, um, unless you have something else you want to share. Babe, no, I don't have anything. I think my chill pill for this episode is have an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, I like that. You can't be jealous or envious and grateful at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's just impossible. So look at yourself and even even those people that maybe you had a little envy of, be grateful for what they bring to your life. Yeah. Or be grateful to God that they are being blessed. Yes. And cups run it over. So when other people are blessed and you're in the room, you will get some of that. Yes. 
So thank people for how they they inspire you to be better or to work harder or just inspire you just by their life and the way they live their life. There's so many ways to be grateful and to let that push out the envy or the jealousy or feeling not good enough or the anxiety that you're not doing enough or that you should be more. You're supposed to be a certain place. Be grateful for where you are, what you have, the people you have around you and that what's for you is going to happen. And what a perfect season for expressing gratitude yes. as we end Thanksgiving. Yes. Yep. yes. So I'm looking forward to it. Thanksgiving is going to be different this year, but we're looking forward to it. And we're going to be grateful that we are all still here. We have mm-hmm. made it to Thanksgiving of 2020. Child. Yes. Child. Healthy and happy. <laughs> Woo. Yes. I'm thankful. Yep. I am thankful. Me too. All right, guys, we will. Y'all hear from us for the next episode. Thank you for joining us. Chill out, mama.